I guess I, I guess I would be the dad because I'm almost fifty. So <laughs> I told you, I told to be like the Al Bundy dad or yeah. whatever, like that, just sitting on the couch and just yelling at everybody, going, ah, "You don't know what real death metal is until you've lived in the nineties. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> what would we call it? Uh, the the, uh, the the Death Prince of Tampa or something like that. <laughs> Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Bannockdotes, the show that holds it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. We take unsigned underground musicians or people who are a part of the music scene, whether it be you know promoters or photographers. We bring them on the show and have them tell some of the wildest stories they have from working with bands, being in bands, being in that band culture. Just all the wild stories that happen because we know that they happen. And here's the chance. Here's your soapbox to tell all of those crazy stories that you have. We also take those unsigned and underground bands and have them showcase their music on our show, whether it be on the new Music of the Month episode, or I even do an episode called the Throwback Thursday where I'm playing old tunage from bands that aren't around anymore from this area. And uh, yeah, and in the episodes, I'm always playing music. So this is the music podcast, Banecdotes. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to our Instagram at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And you can pick up a t-shirt if you want, if you want. That's the best way to support this show. Or if you just want to do the like, subscribe, rate, and review deal, that works with me too. You know, it makes me happy at the end of the day. Right on. We got a great show for you today. Uh, Today, my guest is Cannibal Cam. And honestly, if you don't know the name, you will by the end of this episode because Cannibal Cam is not only like an encyclopedia of death metal, and he probably wouldn't even call himself that, but like from an outsider looking in, like this dude knows so much about death metal and just in in all the cool stuff that because he because he's 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 an older fellow and uh, he grew up in it and it's really cool. I always like talking to you know older fellows who have been in the the scene for that long just because to get their perspective how you know. I pick his brain about some of the venues that were around uh, in this area that are definitely not around anymore uh, when he was growing up and just, you know, how that culture was and, uh, you know, how different it is from how it was for when I was growing up in this music scene. And, like, he went to one of the first uh, scene fests. And scene fest used to be this festival in St. Catharines where, like, it would just be this, like, make-your-own festival. There'd be, like you know, 20, 20 venues downtown St. Catharines uh, participating and uh, they would all be playing bands. And then they, each vet, you know, venue was like a stage and you can literally, you just get the wristband, you would sh- uh, jump to venue to venue and uh, you, you essentially saw all the cool local bands that you wanted to go see that day. It was a great time. So I had a really good time talking with Cam. Uh, he also is a... a, a, a a producer, uh, just a film buff in general, uh, but he also works with Rabidod Productions, and uh, he's got a, a documentary, a death metal documentary going on right now called The Growl. It's not out yet. He's been working on it. He talks. He gives us a little insight on where they're at. Um, super cool. Definitely check out. Uh, they got their website, uh, the Growl, uh, com, and you could go there and you can check out uh, a trailer. Uh, you could support the documentary by. Pick, uh, picking up merch that they have 
Really good time. He's spinning a lot of plates. He's doing so much for the music community. I think I met him when he was even doing a, a radio show downtown St. Catharines called Chronic Aggression, just featuring, again, all sorts of local metal acts, kind of kind of like what I'm doing here. But, uh, but he's been doing it long before I have. Um, so yeah, he's the OG and, uh, I'm stoked that I had him on the show. Um, he's played in bands in the past. He's not, he's got a, he mentions he's got a couple things in the works. Uh, <clears throat> nothing I could feature you right now. So I'm going to feature some of his old bands. We're going to get the show started off with his old band round 13 and their song 1440 minutes. <laughs>
Good evening, Cam. So good Hi. to be with you. Uh, I think the last time I saw you in person was when we did the Sinner Halloween live stream together. Yes, indeed. Over at uh, Davis's little studio there out in Fort Erie. Yeah, he's no longer there anymore. No, yeah, he, he's in Hamilton now or something, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's in the same studio as uh, the Hellbent drummer. Uh, so, uh, oh. yeah, in the same. Uh, it's like a, it's another school, uh, like a one classroom studio. Uh, so yeah, it's it's super convenient for me because I get to see Davis a lot more because that's where actually like all of Sinner and Helmet's always done our stuff. Oh sweet, yeah, that that just that's just an easier connection. Yeah, exactly. Hell and, yeah, right. Yeah. So how have you been? Uh, how, what, what's keeping you busy? Um, well, like I was mentioning, I'm a little tired right now just because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we were hired on uh, Rabbit Dog Films, our production team. We were hired on to shoot um, behind the scenes for a new film that a, f- a bunch of friends of ours are making out in uh, London, Ontario, Grand Bend, Strathroy area. Uh, it's like a horror action wrestling comedy kind of thing. Ooh. So, um, yeah, we were just in. Oh, man, I don't even know what the place is called, but it's it's like Grand Bend area. Yeah. And um we just did two days, Friday night, Saturday night, pretty much 12, 13 hour shoots uh, <laughs> overnight. So we ended up showing up. Our call time was like seven on Friday. So we got there obviously earlier just because, I mean, you know, you have to hang out with our friends and set up and, mm-hmm. you know, just, just get uh, acquainted with the area. And then, uh, yeah, we shot all night till about, I think it was like six in the morning. And then, um, you know, a bunch of us kind of just stayed up. It was just like, you know, let's have a few drinks and let's hang out. And and all of a sudden the sun's coming up and then we're just, we're just talking and talking. And it was like 1030. I was like, okay, like we got to go to bed. Like we got to get up soon. <laughs> so we end up crashing and I barely crashed because, you know, air mattresses are never foolproof. Right. No. So, <laughs> um, so I blow, I, I brought two just in case. So I blow the one up, I lay down, we just pass out. And then about an hour and a half later, I'm like right on the floor, right? I'm oh, like, no. God damn it. God damn it. Right. So I get up, I go to the bathroom, get another, get the other air mattress, pump that up. And then as I'm pumping it, I'm like, ah, crap, I got to go to the bathroom again. So I go to the bathroom, come back, and then finally go to bed, toss and turn for about an hour. And I'm like, God, I can't even fucking sleep. Cause I mean, like, it, 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 it's one thing to be on midnight if you're, if that's your schedule, like it's not a problem, right? You just fall asleep anytime. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, we're on a day shift schedule and then all of a sudden we're flipped like 24 hours onto a midnight schedule. So I, I, I can't fall asleep. So I probably slept maybe two and a half hours. Oof. So then got up, got up at like three 30 in the afternoon or whatever. And then, uh, you know, get our bearings, let's dump our footage, charge our batteries, get everything going again. And then literally we were up till God, we shot from, I think it was like eight o'clock till seven 30 this morning. Wow. And then, uh, yeah. And then I was like, you know, the couple beers were getting passed out and I just, I just didn't pay attention to anybody. I just threw my shit in our, in our car, jumped in the trailer. I just fell asleep. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I got up, a uh, maybe about three and a half hours later. Cause, uh, my rabid dog partner, Phil, He's got to go to his other job. So it was like, well, let's just sleep for three hours and go back home. And <laughs> so just, just kind of walked in the door, threw my stuff on the ground and just took a shower. And now I'm just chilling. But yeah, I probably had maybe six hours sleep all weekend. Oh, wow. So uh, yeah. you're living that band life. 
(laughs) (laughs) it's exactly it's the same thing right just like just like touring and i was never able to go touring or anything uh none none of my bands ended up touring but yeah this whole movie thing it's it's pretty much the same thing go from one place to another you got one driver the other ones everybody else is kind of trying to crash in these uncomfortable spaces and (laughs) and then you're partying with everybody in the meantime because you miss everybody and it's nice to see new friends and it's just oh my god and then you gotta work yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's crazy yeah so by now I've let the listeners know what you do, but tell us in your words, your role in like the heavy music community. Uh, my role, eh? Um, is it a role or not? I don't know. I've just, I've always just been like, just a, just want to spread the, spread the scene out to everybody and, and just be a part of everything. Um, what kind of, kind of got me going, I guess, well, you know, uh, back in the eighties and stuff like that, skateboarding and, you know, starting to watch all these, you know, Santa Cruz videos, Pal Peralta videos and all this other stuff. Right. So all this crazy music's in the background. And I'm just like, man, like, where's this cool music coming from? And, and, you know, who are these people? And, you know, you're skateboarding too at the same time and, and then starting to get to get, get to know a few people. So then, um, so then I started meeting a couple more friends who had some uh, some contacts with bars and some other bands and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, like, I want to be a part of this somehow. Like, this is so cool. Like, like, what a fun lifestyle it is to, you know, jam with your buds and, you know, have a good time and then uh, listen to other people's music and, and have a radio station, listening to other bands and, you know, fanzines and all this other stuff. So I was like, man, I want to do all this shit. Like I want to do everything because I love every (laughs) aspect of like whatever scene it is, whether it be punk metal or whatever. So um, ended up starting a fanzine back in the day, back in 91. I think we started our first fanzine. Oh, nice. And uh, and then uh, it was like, oh, well, we might as well start a band too, because I mean, obviously we like playing, we like listening to music and we want to kind of make our own music. So then we started doing our own band stuff and, and then I started putting on a couple shows and, and then started writing for some magazines. And then we ended up getting a radio show later on. So, I mean, my role, I don't know, man. I just, just want to hang out with good people and, and, and have a blast and listen to great tunes. It's just, it's the best ever. And you were doing that all in Niagara. Yes, totally. That's, yeah. That's- I was based, based out of, I was born in St. Catharines, but ended up moving out to the falls. And it was like my second year of grade four when they used to fail people. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was in Niagara Falls the whole time. So um, yeah, pretty much there. So it's safe to say that you've seen like a ton of venues uh, come and go. Like what were some of the venues back then? Like, um, well, it, a, a lot of the places that we'd like to go, they were always kind of divey. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're listening to punk and metal and stuff, it's, you know, somewhat underground. And a lot of the places were little seedy, little corner, you know, dive bars and stuff like that. So, you know, they come and go just like, you know, unfortunately, like any bars nowadays, too, where it was like, you know, somebody tries a little venue and it doesn't last, you know, a couple of years, it's gone and then it changes names and then it's something else or whatever like that. So it was kind of the same thing then. But um the one place that really got me going was uh, it's actually it's it's sed- uh, seductions now, which is on Lundy's Lane beside Sundowner. OK, but, yeah. Um, but that place was uh, the legendary Uncle Sam's. And that was like the rock bar of pretty much southern Ontario. 
Everybody played there. Toured there. Everything. Rush played there. Really? Uh, Max Did you Webster. see Rush there? No, unfortunately, that was a little before my time in the late 70s, early 80s kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like Kim Mitchell, Max Webster, Voivod, like all these all, all these crazy bands were playing there back in the day. So it wasn't until I think it was 1990 when I was uh, when I got turned on to this Uncle Sam's place. And I'm like, holy fuck, man, like what's going on here? There's like metalheads here and there's skaters <laughs> and punkers and all this kind of stuff. So it was your scene. Um, it totally was. So I ended up um, my one buddy who was the bass player in, uh, in, in my first band. Um, he used to go to or and then he introduced me to. But Pop Tones was the um, was the cool local head record shop in Niagara Falls on Queen Street, which turned into Sloth. If everybody knows Frank out there, he's like he's like the man. Um, so he was always he was always in touch with the scenes around here, Buffalo uh and, and hamilton niagara falls toronto and blah 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 so uh, a buddy of mine ended up bringing a poster home and it was this band ascetic which they actually just did a reunion at the warehouse about two years ago oh cool uh, so they ended up uh there's like you know tonight you know metal and rock covers and you know and thrash and stuff and i'm like okay well we have to go to this because the logo looks you know it's spiky it's bony there's a this crazy looking skull on the front it's like this this seems like my kind of place so uh yeah go to that go to uncle sam's walk in and you know there's it's kind of like it was it was a like half strip club half bar or whatever but strip the stripping wasn't going on that night right it was the it was the music so yeah we end up all sitting down and hanging out and i'm just like wow like there you know there's barely anybody here but like it's just i just felt so comfortable and and just felt so awesome hanging out in this place listening to this crazy underground music and fucking seeing some new friends and some old friends i'm like wow like this this is the place so pretty much I, I would say Uncle Sam's was was kind of like my starter bar mm-hmm. back then. It rocked. And um, what else? What else did we have? Well, Jerry's Alley. A lot of people talk about Jerry's Alley there. That was on James Street and St. Paul Street in down, downtown St. Catharines. Oh, OK. Um, so, you know, the beside L7, there's that open um, little lot there. Yeah. Right. So that was Jerry's Alley, which was like the punk bar that everybody went to back in the eighties and the little bit of early nineties before it closed down. But uh, Jerry's alley was a, was definitely a legendary place that I, we almost played there one night. Uh, the show got canceled. Uh, one of my old bands. And uh, so I was that close to playing in that Jerry's alley. So that was pretty cool. But uh, I mean, other than that, I traveled to, uh, I went to Buffalo a lot too. Cause I mean, that's where the death metal and all that grindcore and stuff was. So I was right. going to Buffalo a lot myself. And of course, I mean, like 30 plus 30 plus years later, there's nothing that's there that's around <laughs> now anymore. So <laughs> no <laughs> crazy. Um, what, what are some of the biggest bands you saw at uncle Sam's? Um, and by the time I ended up going to Uncle Sam's, it was a lot of just like little local bands mm-hmm. and cover bands and stuff like that. Because um, by by I would say by the early '90s, unfortunately, it was starting to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 played its role within the uh, Niagara music scene and just Southern Ontario scene. So a lot of those bands didn't I didn't really get a chance to see like. Um, I just missed Mel Havoc playing there just after one of their, I think it was their second album. 
release. Um, my, my, my good buddy, uh, metal Dan, who I did the radio show with, mm-hmm. he was a huge, uh, um, uh, Mal Havoc fan. So, uh, he, he, he kept inviting me to all these shows all the time. And I mean, at the time too, I mean, I was jamming and, you know, just being a teenager. Right. So I wasn't always going to shows. I was either skateboarding or going to Buffalo or just doing other stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, so I didn't really see too many huge bands at that venue. It was, it was all just like just local little thrash bands and cover bands and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was about it really there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I like, I didn't know this about you until, uh, you sent me your like old tunage, but like, yeah, you were in metal bands, uh, throughout the years. Uh, you, you strike me as a vocalist. Is that right? Uh, I did. I didn't do vocals on, on my first band. Um, I did a bunch of stuff later on just because it's easier to have yeah. less people in a band. So yeah. if I can do, if I could do more stuff and take and, and not have five, four or five, six people in a band, even better. But I mean, you know, being in your first band, you want you want all your buds to be a part of it. So let's just have, you know, let's let's just, let's just make a band with everybody. So um, first band, I only played guitar, uh, but I pretty much organized I, I pretty much organized the band itself. Like I like like I said, I was uh, I was the one that was like I, I felt the fuel from from, you know, from the indie scene and just hanging out with everybody. I was like, I got to do this. Like, I have to do this. If nobody else is involved then I'm just going to do it myself, like somehow or another. So I ended up organizing, you know, my buddy uh, didn't play any instruments. So we got him playing bass and then uh, our other buddy, he didn't play drums. So we got him playing drums. And then uh, our, my other uh, vocalist for the original band Mangled uh, brought him on. He was our buddy from high school. So uh, it was just like a four piece or whatever, but um, yeah, it, it, kicked ass for that time being but unfortunately not everybody had the fire that i did so i kind of fizzled out the drummer was kind of it eh, wasn't really huge into death metal it was just because we were hanging out with you know within mm-hmm. our circle so he was listening to that stuff and trying to play it so it worked out but he he didn't he didn't keep going as hard as we did but um yeah so i was just a guitarist on that first band or whatever so it was myself uh on guitar my buddy dan on bass and then phil was on drums and then we brought our buddy chris on vocals at the time and then yeah we put out a four song demo played the one show at uncle sam's that was my first show i ever set up in may of 93 uh wow. the first death first death metal show that ever came even around to this area too crazy so i brought a yeah i brought a bunch of a uh, couple buffalo bands new jersey band um a band from Ingersoll, Ontario, two from Oshawa, one from Toronto, and then uh, and then our band we opened up Mangled. So yeah, that was a uh, that was it was pretty rad, man. It was it was intense, but yeah, I was I was just a guitarist at the time. But then I ended up jumping on vocals later after Mangled fizzled out. We started Coffin Rot in '95, just after high school, and then I ended up just jumping on vocals and then just pretty much starting to sound like will romer from mortician and i was like yeah okay i like this this is good <laughs> yeah that's awesome so but so like the only other instrument like your instrument would be guitar if like you were playing well yeah it it kind of yeah pretty much um i mean just i mean you play guitar you play bass too right same thing yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. uh so it's it's one or the other but yeah i started out on guitar uh i started playing in like grade seven so that was like was that 87 or 
yeah, 86, 87 or something. And then, uh, and then, yeah, it just got heavier and heavier. So I stayed on guitar and then, um, and then I jumped on bass for, um, for a punk band, um, that, uh, we ended up doing called round 13. So, uh, a friend of mine, Brandon, he was living in the same, uh, townhome complex as myself and kind of knew each other from high school. And then finally we're able, you know, as we got older, we started to realize that, okay, you're not such a bad dude. <laughs> Just like, you know, <laughs> cause when you're in high school and grade school, you get stereotypes. You kind of look at people as some long hairs, you know, yeah. you're not sure how to approach people and blah, blah, blah. And later on, it's like, Oh God, you're fucking, you're even cooler than I expected. So that's yeah. cool. So, um, he was, uh, he was huge into the, he, he got huge into the punk scene and everything like screeching weasel and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of lookout record bands and stuff. So, um, we ended up starting a little band together called, um, skin Flint and, uh, he was playing guitar and I, and I jumped on bass and we were both dueling vocals and everything. And then, uh, we needed a drummer. So we ended up recording a little demo with, uh, bug who was the drummer for revenge of the egg people. Oh, cool. And, uh, we did a little six song demo and I used this bass that sucked ass and it was out <laughs> of tune and it just, it sucked. But I mean, you, you listen to the demo and like it, it, the drumming is crazy. Like it just kept us perfectly in time because bug, he's just an amazing drummer. That's and, crazy. uh, so we ended up doing that and then we kind of, you know, shipped the demo around to a few people. If anybody knew any drummers, you know, we'd like to you know, do something. And then uh, a friend of ours uh, started hanging out, started hanging out downtown St. Catharines and, you know, uh, just before scene fest and everything like that started in 95. Um, we got introduced to the guys who were from formerly in Kermit's finger, which is uh, yeah, Charles from uh, Charles uh, and the train wreck. Mm hmm. Right. So introduced with him and his other bandmates. So it was uh, our buddy JP on guitar and Steve and Steve on drums. So Kermit's Kermit's kind of fizzled. Skinflint kind of fizzled. And then we got together and then we made round 13. So that was like that was our our I guess our call to fat records. Right. At the time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we love no effects. We love strung out. We loved all that stuff. So we ended up making this, uh, this, this, this pretty rad combo of a band. And uh, I ended up jumping on bass and doing backup vocals and stuff like that for that band. Oh, right. So that was cool. Yeah. But what yeah, is- it just kept going, man. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it, just, it just steamrolled one band after another. Cause while we were doing, while we were doing round 13, I was doing coffin rot in the background because uh, um, I just needed to, to, to get the heaviness out like that. And then um, by the, let's see, by 97, 98, I ended up getting a job at the casino. So I ended up having to have a shift. And, and then all of a sudden, I got kicked out of my own band for, <laughs> for not being able to come up to jams because I was working afternoons, like 3 to 11.30, right? So, I mean, True. you know, can't do anything on those shifts. So literally, <laughs> so the band fizzled out there, but... Uh, I kept coffin rock going in the background and then uh, ended up recruiting uh, our buddy uh, Todd, who was who played in a whole bunch of uh, local St. Catharines bands too, like Subspecies and uh, The Wicked and all these other bands and found out that he was a huge death metal guy. So he jumped on coffin rot uh, in the late 90s. Uh, on bass and vocals also, but 
just couldn't find a drummer at the time. Literally, you couldn't find a drummer anywhere, man. Like oh, no. nobody was playing. <laughs> Not many people were playing blast beats, and you know, in, in in the mid to late '90s, at least, right? Right. Death metal is still the death metal is still growing, still underground, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, right? So everyone, you know, everyone's into the Danzig. Everyone loved the punk, and everyone loved uh, all the industrial and all that kind of stuff, right? But I mean, death metal is like the bastard child in the background. So right. we were just we we're having the hardest time trying to find drummers. So we ended up using a drum machine. Oh, cool. Um, so we played a bunch of shows um, down at the Hideaway, which is a Grantham Plaza there down in St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up playing a bunch of shows with a, you know some really cool bands uh, from out of town and stuff, a bunch of buddies, and uh, put out a little three song demo. And uh, then, I mean, I ended up having a kid and uh, that's what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have any interest in uh, playing in any bands like nowadays? I'd like to see you play, uh, do some vocals nowadays. Um, Actually, I am working on um, a friend of mine. I guess I guess I could talk about it here. We're just not releasing it anywhere yet. But um, uh, my buddy, my buddy Daniel ended up from doing the the documentary which i mean i'm sure we'll talk about that in a few but yeah. uh, um being a death metal dude out in toronto he reached out to me and uh he's got a couple bands too called uh gut void uh intestinal hex um fumes and a couple other things too like this this, this kid is just fucking busy like it's <laughs> crazy man and his riffs are amazing like it's just it's so cool what he's coming up with. So he ended up asking me probably about seven, eight months ago. And he's like, Hey man, what if I came up with some riffs and songs and you did some vocals and we kind of, you know, make a little side band or something like that. And I'm like, dude, I'm totally down for doing, for doing something with anything. Right. I just, unfortunately I don't have the time to jam to that degree, but if you want to throw some music together and, you know, I'll, I'll throw in my two cents or whatever, but it's pretty much your music. And if you don't mind me just throwing in whatever vocals that I can do on top of that, then I'm totally down. He's like, yeah, 100%. Cool. So, uh, so we got, uh, so he's making, uh, we're doing a four song demo. I think he's, he's almost done the fourth song. It's coming up soon. And uh, yeah, that band is called uh, Magortuary. Ooh. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be sick. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be gross and horror, horror movie filled <laughs> and just disgusting death metal i love it disgusting yeah so yeah so that's that's kind of what's happening there but um before the whole covid thing happened we are actually i was actually starting to jam with um uh pepper pepper from the monsters of schlock yeah he was he, he was uh he was singing um we had our buddy bolts who's in laid to rest the one guitarist from laid to rest mm-hmm. and uh our buddy rob the drummer from green jelly um oh, so cool. we're all we're all big grindcore fans right we love anal cunt we love all that kind of stuff right so we're just like we need to make something that's not offensive but you know push the boundaries a little bit and, <laughs> and you know you know nudge the shoulder a little bit and you know that kind of thing let's just make fun of it let's make fun of ourselves so um so we actually uh we got a band uh in the background called harsh tokes harsh so, tokes yeah, literally, man. And it was uh, Bolts is the one that's that's kind of pushing this one. And it, 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 it's super fun. We ended up actually getting together uh, once to jam and, and just lay some lay some demo tracks down and stuff like that. But we actually ended up recording like a 13 song demo 
Oh, I cool. Believe it was. Yeah, literally one night, man. It was just like, hey, we got some riffs and oh, man, he got some wicked drum parts. and Oh, man, that's some great vocals. And oh, man, <laughs> this is great. And then like four hours later, it was like, wow, we just made like 13 songs, like just like that. Crazy. So, so we were jamming and getting ready and stuff because our first show was supposed to be at uh, Shockstock, which is a, a cult horror film festival out in London, Ontario. So our our first show was supposed to be at that um on the saturday night and unfortunately obviously covid hit and then everything got canceled and then uh i kind of i didn't say i lost interest i got just pissed off and depressed and everything and that you know everything just got shut down Mm -hmm. so i kind of just put the bass aside and i'm like i'm fucking this is this pisses me off right now so (laughs) unfortunately that's on the sidelines but yeah i'll be i'll be playing bass and singing and doing all kinds of other fun stuff with that too so yep Looking we'll forward to happens. that. Yeah, man, me too. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Vegas Funeral presents My Son the Hurricane live at Phoenix Concert Theater in Toronto on December 16th with special guest Revive the Rose. My Son the Hurricane is a multi-horn, multi-drummer, multi-singer brass funk beast and they're beginning another world tour with a kickoff show in Toronto. Tickets at phoenixconcerttheater.com December 16th my son, the hurricane, revive the rose. Don't miss it. So, what have been some of your favorite Ontario bands within the last couple of years or so? What's caught your attention? Last couple of years, eh? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that happens through here, man. That people, so many people just don't realize. But that's it. That's why. That's why I'm doing the show. Yeah, literally, man. And like, well, how <laughs> many? I mean, how many people have you um, uh, interviewed for this so far? Well, this will be. I don't know. We'll probably be like episode forty. So, like, like Holy. forty. Yeah, and like I'm not even I haven't even made a dent. No, literally, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> and, and and this is just kind of like in the circle of people that we know. That's right? it. Yeah. I, oh, I'm also trying to reach out to people that I don't know as well. But yeah, pretty much. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, because obviously some of those, like you said, like because because you're doing everything like indie rock, pop, fucking metal, hardcore, everything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there is some affiliation usually between a lot of the bands in the area. Like, you know, say like you don't know all your drummer's friends, but, you know, your drummer's got a little circle, too, on top of things. Right. 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 So then obviously it's like, hey, man, check out this band and check out that band, check out that band. And then, yeah. and then, by, the, then by the time you realize you're like, holy fuck, man, that's like 100 bands that I've never even heard of that are from this area that are yeah. just like doing their own thing. It's crazy. Totally. But, um, but locally, though, lately, um. God damn. That's tough. That's Ontario. What's 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 local that I've been really digging lately? Um actually D-Boy. D-Boy, <laughs> yeah. We oh my D-boy. gosh. Shit. Yeah, man. It's super fun. I mean, obviously we know I like, you know, we we, we know the guys and stuff, but it kind of just came out of nowhere for me at least. And uh, just bringing that rough and raw, like rock and roll, man. It's that's super fun. <laughs> it's nice awesome. To hear something like that, yeah, totally. Isn't <laughs> I, I love the whole get up and everything too. It's hilarious. It's, it's and they're it's, from and they're from Russia, right? Yeah, yeah, they're they're from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I I recently uh, interviewed uh, D Boy fanatic uh, Ricky, uh, who, who's who's the founder of uh, Press Time. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, so uh, and yeah, he was just uh, I think his episode actually will be out this week. But like, yeah, D-Boy's great. We love D-Boy. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> um, what else? I was huge into um, uh, without 
Yeah, they are a cool band. Oh man, that fucking band was so good, man. Mm-hmm. They just it was so cool because they bridged the gap like between grindcore and like doomy sludge and uh and just kind of hardcore and like it's just just a good mix of stuff mm-hmm. uh and really heavy but unfortunately they're uh, they're not a thing anymore yeah. um what else do we got uh hollow body they're there yeah, yeah yeah that uh ep that they put out yes yes That's little cool. uh, little power violence going on there mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. that 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 kicks ass um, you've done some work for dusk walker right yes oh yeah there's another right there <laughs> huge man um yeah i've known kale kale and those guys for well fuck ever since ever since those guys first bands too like uh kale and matt were in sknS um john was in um oh, it wasn't wasn't nangari it was uh shit i got the ep downstairs but it was another local heavy metal band too and uh, yeah, I've known those guys forever. And John's a little older than Kale and Matt, but um, and I'm older than a little older than John. But he's kind of in the same area too, where you know he kind of grew up in the background with a lot of the indie metal with uh, Project Pain when they were doing a whole bunch of stuff too. Yeah, a uh, buddy Andrew in uh, the Falls was doing tons of shows with his band like Desolation and and that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah, Duskwalker. Uh, been doing a bunch of music videos for those guys mm-hmm. uh, in the last few years, which have been uh, which have been kicking ass because we all got the same mentality. We all love the same kind of movies and the ideas and everything. So, yeah, man, we just been uh, rocking some music videos for those guys. Uh, we did the Shadow Creeper, which was totally horror movie based. Yeah, uh, Shadow Creeper character running around chasing the late night DJ. And that um, and that guy's from he's from the band. Uh, well, he's from the Electric Dead, but he also plays in that new band, the Temple of Night. Temple of Night, man, killer black metal, killer, mm-hmm. man, yeah. And that, yeah, there's another one too, uh, a Temple of Night that kind of just came out of nowhere. Like, I'm not a huge black metal guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mind some like Immortal and uh, Emperor and all and all, all that kind of stuff, but uh, it's not my thing that that I really go to. But um, uh, Dennis, well, Sam, I guess the, the, the singer guitarist, mm-hmm. uh, he's been a black metal fan his whole life. And uh, yeah, he got this band together. I'm like, OK, cool. Black metal, you know, not not thinking anything huge of it, but it's you know nice to hear that there's a black metal band in our area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I'm like, you know what? I need to come to a jam man. I got to hear this. I, you know, I just need to, I just love hearing blast beats. Just got to have some blast beats. Right. So <laughs> I go over to their jam session and then Derek, uh, who's also in green jelly too. And he's doing all kinds of session work for people. Uh, my God, man, I was blown away how wicked it is. It's so yeah, good with the keyboard sick. and you got the female female lady in the background doing her thing. And like, oh, it's they so get the good. robes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's black metal. It's yeah, literally it's great. It. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, but I'm but like like I always have ears, my my ear out for all kinds of stuff. Like, I mean, I'm not just not just a metal and hardcore guy, man. I love indie. I love mm-hmm. pop. I love, I love, you know, some old school metal core shit and everything like that. Cause, uh, and I worked for, I did a bunch of work for Bedlam society back in the day too. So, oh, nice. and that was, that was kind of the main hub for, I guess the, you know, the upstart of metal core and death core and, and, and indie and all that kind of stuff too. Right. So there was a lot of cool bands that, that was, uh, that formed around those eras in the late nineties, early two thousands and stuff. So there was some really cool shit. I don't even remember a band called Florida Evans. No, I don't. 
they were pretty like shoegazy kind of indie pop and stuff with, with some psychedelics in there and shit. Uh, Florida Evans. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They're hard, hard, hard to find though. I, there's a few people that, that have found some links on some weird like geo city sites and stuff like that, <laughs> but, uh, but there's something out there somewhere, but um yeah, man, I'm, I've always got my ear down for all kinds of stuff. Like I'm not, I just, I want to hear everything, man. I got a mood for every, every hour of the day all the time, man. So <laughs> it's it like, but I, you know, so like I said, man, I, I try to keep up on as much as I can, which is still, it's exhausting because there's just fucking so many goddamn bands. <laughs> there's no time. There's no time to check everything out. That's just it. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, but I mean, a lot of the stuff that, uh, that, that Davies has worked on too, right? Like heavy mm-hmm. hearts was his band and, uh, that shit kicked ass. Do you jam, uh, uh, the one he's in now, the last wretch? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 That, he had, uh, they got that, the, the three song demo they just put out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, it's, uh, they're going for that, that kind of old schooly death metal sound, man. Yeah. It's, that's nice to hear, man. It's, it's good. It's just straightforward, man. It's great. Yeah um they're working on some new material too and they're actually getting the guy that i'm teaming up with for uh, the mogortuary band he's gonna do vocals this guy daniel he's gonna do vocals i guess on some of their newer tracks oh nice so uh so yeah last wretch of course and kothra obviously they kick ass yeah um oh what was that it was a thick piss i don't know if you remember thick piss oh yeah yeah are they still a band unfortunately no no yeah they didn't last too long Uh, they put out uh, i think it was like a 12 minute demo and that was pretty (laughs) much their live set which was literally like 12 to 13 minutes was their set and it (laughs) fucking crushed man it was in and out blast grind done (laughs) and then you're just left you know wanting so much more when you're finished it's just so good that's great uh, yeah yeah, Johnny Ibe, he's or sorry, Ibe, he uh he played guitar on that. And then uh he was in Fuck the Facts for the last uh probably six years. Mm-hmm. Up until up up until about two years, two or three years ago, he he uh ended up quitting. But uh yeah, man, Ibe's been a staple in all kinds of really rad bands too. He toured with Exhumed for a bit oh, too. Wow. And uh yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of those guitarists that you're, you're coming around the Southern Ontario, Toronto area. He's kind of the guy you're like, ah, I hear about Mr. Ibe. I think we need <laughs> to work with you. So yeah, man, it's totally rad, but uh, yeah, man, a lot of bands around here, dude. <laughs> totally. Oh yeah. All <laughs> right. Let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the growl. Uh, so the growl is uh, like a grindcore death metal documentary that you and uh, someone else, it's, you and a couple people, right. have been working on. Yeah, um, I mean, it's pretty much Rabbit Dog Films. So uh, myself and uh, my partner, Phil, Mm -hmm. uh, we're the guys that are producing it, shooting it, doing the audio, editing, all that kind of stuff. Um, But uh, uh, Metal Dan, who's my one of my old time buddies, too. uh, He's kind of on the background as like a a reference guy and hanging out with interviews and stuff, because this guy is just a walking encyclopedia of death metal. (laughs) Like it's insanity how much shit this guy knows. So he's so he's always in the background anyways, just because he's our best friend anyways. But um, yeah, man. uh, So the growl death metal documentary is uh, is a project that we started. I think it was 2018 when uh, we we pitched it to a few people. Uh, some companies and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, man, this is like, honestly, this is the best time to start doing something like this because of the rise 
of uh, uh you know of underground death metal and just death metal in general like mm-hmm. you know you say cannibal corpse even if you don't know the band you've heard that name oh yeah like it's just it's that's the band it's like you know acdc is the band of hard rock and cannibal corpse is the band of death of, of, of death metal that's a great so, way to put it it's totally yeah totally man so um so it was about yeah 2018 i started pitching it around and uh, a few of our friends were just like great idea like let's get it started and you know we'll just keep working on it and when it's done you know we'll, f- we'll figure out what we're going to do with it later uh whether it's you know dvd releases or theatrical or anything like that so uh Obviously, you know, being in the scene for 30 plus years, um, start to pull out the Rolodex of, you know, everybody that I know and kept in contact with friends and everything and was like, hey, guys, we're doing a death metal, like a legit death metal documentary. You want to be a part of it. And then all of a sudden it was just an influx of like, yes, 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 (laughs) yes. We're like, oh, shit. Like, what do we just get ourselves into here? Right. Um, So then, you know, we start going to shows because obviously those are the best places to meet up with everybody that's coming through town and you know to hang out sit down with a couple words and everything and it just kind of started blowing up like instantly we got um we ended up getting a, a couple episodes on banger tv doing the uh, brutal death metal and uh, death metal of the 2000s and uh yeah like just interview after interview you know we got catalog decapitation we got uh uh we're going to be sitting down with uh, the cannibal corpse guys uh at some point just I mean, they're, they're busy dudes when they're on tour, they, they don't have time to just sit around, man. They just (laughs) get, get off the bus, play, get on the bus, go to the next city and just, just keep going. Right. That's Mm -hmm. that's one of the hardest working bands in death metal, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, we got Mortician, we got Skeletal Remains, we got Possessed, we got Celtic Frost, we got, I don't know, man. Like if you go on growlmovie.com, it kind of gives a list and the links to everything that we're doing. But uh, yeah, so uh, you know, full steam ahead. We're starting to travel. We're starting to head out to places to, to sit down with people in their studios and their houses and just, you know, more of a chill atmosphere instead of always the, 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 the venue environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden um, we were getting close to, you know, wrapping up our filming. So we had to do a couple more tra- trips over to the States. We were going to head to Pittsburgh. Um, there's uh, this band Durkada which is an all female band from Pittsburgh uh, from the late eighties, early nineties, total staple in the the underground scene. So uh, we had a trip to go see them. And uh, there was a few other females that uh, are in that area that we were going to have like a cool, you know, round table of females of death metal. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately in the metal scene, it's just, it's a sausage fest. Yeah, totally. No no doubt about it. Right. You, you, (laughs) you, you, You go to a show, you're maybe going to see 5% girls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Exactly. Right. We need, we need to see more. Come on, ladies, let's go. And um, I, I try to, I try to have as many like women in, in metal, like, or, or even in the heavy scene on the show. And you know, there's, it's unfortunately there's few and far between. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to go ahead to Pittsburgh out there. We're going to come trip through Ohio because that's where Hell's Headbanger is. Um, uh, Our buddy uh, uh, runs a record label, Redefining Darkness in Ohio. And then this band of Balmer, which are a staple in the scene since their late 80s, early 90s. So we're going to stop in there. And then uh, I think we're going to go to New York, go sit down with the guy, the one of the label guys from Earache Records. And then uh, Trevor from Black Dahlia wants to hang out, too. So 
Uh, he's a huge underground fan, like crazy underground dude. So that's awesome there. And then um, Quebec Death Fest is supposed to happen before mm-hmm. all this shit closed. So we were supposed to sit down with Cam Lee of Massacre and then the drummer from Dismember from Sweden, but he lives in New York. Uh, and then finish up the rap pretty much then of filming. So we were just like, all right, cool. Right. Because I, um, me growing up around here, uh, Buffalo, Niagara Falls, New York, and all that kind of stuff, that stuff's easy to get. So I was kind of leaving that to the last to deal with just because mm-hmm. it's literally a hop, skip, and a jump over the border. But I mean, everything's closed now. So we yeah. can't even travel over the border there. No, and, you know, nobody's coming over here to tour right now. And so we pretty much just was like, all right, we're halting this right now because we literally am not going to stress about it. It's nobody's fault. We can't do anything about it, so fucking just put it on hold for a bit until everything opens up again. But we were getting pretty damn close to, you know, finishing up our filming. So we were around 70% done filming. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we got to wait till everything opens up now. So, yay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that sucks, unfortunately. My God. But, yeah, we're getting close, man. And, uh, you know, we're having a good time and, you know, building up a, 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 a cool little community um with just you know new fans old fans you know everybody's sharing stories and and during this whole uh, little uh, little time off that we've all had um i ended up doing a whole bunch of live streaming interviews with uh, um uh with a bunch of legends too like the drummer from morbid angel and terrorizer pete sandoval uh nice he he sat down with us chris from autopsies the main drummer he used to play he played in death he played in Massacre in the 80s. Um, Crazy. Yeah. So, like, people are listening, man. And, and that's all <laughs> we wanted, man. That's all we wanted to do. You know, like I said, man, we, I just, you know, we want to be a part of everything and just hang out and just hang out with good people and make new friends and listen to, cra- you know, crazy good music. And, uh, everyone's kind of jumping on board. But, like I said, man, everything came to a halt and now we got to wait and that's put a push to the side. So, that gave us a, I don't know, it gave us a little fuel to, to, to just keep going in the background with, I mean, Rabbit Dog Films, we're a little production company. So, you know, we're writing scripts and we're making movies and shooting music videos and doing all this other stuff on the side. So we're, you know, we're keeping busy, but unfortunately the growl is just, just waiting right now. It's on pause. <laughs> yes unfortunately <laughs> uh so i've seen that you've done some small acting roles yourself in the past is acting something you've ever wanted to try and pursue um not really at the beginning um mm-hmm. when i went to stanford high school that was that was the last high school i went to i went to ann meyer grade nine and ten then i went to west lane grade 11 and by the time i got to west lane i was kind of i was, I was really finding a cool group of people like even like friends that i even still have to to this day Mm -hmm. um like ann meyer it's north end you know it's the more of a businessy schoolish sports school or whatever so and myself growing up you know skating i used to race bmx when i was a kid and all this kind of stuff um you know always looking for those you know, the alternative crowd, right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sick of talking about hockey. I'm sick of talking about, you know, the usual stuff or whatever, right. You know, where's the skateboarders at, where's the bikers at, where's, mm-hmm. you know, where's the guys listening to cool music. So uh, finally, when I, uh, I went to nine and 10 at Meyer, I got sick of that there. And I was like, I need to change high schools, went to West Lane. And I was like, okay, here's where the freaks and the punks and everything <laughs> is that was perfect. And then uh, when I got to Stanford, um that's when they just before they opened up the james cameron wing 
of uh, like tech theater and video and audio and visual uh, photography, screen printing, uh, all that kind of stuff over there. So they, they were just getting going the video uh, side of it all. So they got cameras, they got, you know, VHS editing equipment and all this other stuff. So, you know, there's us making stupid little things in the background while we're, you know, shooting uh, stuff while we're in class. And, uh, you know, and then I'm in front of the camera here and there, you know, saying lines and everything. And I'm like, you know, you watch it back and I'm fucking like 17. I'm like, man, that sucked. And I sucked. <laughs> and, you know, I couldn't even remember a line. And that's, it sounds like I'm reading and blah, blah, blah. Right. So uh, whatever, whatever. And so my main focus was just like, you know, I'll interview people or bring my VHS camcorder and, you know, film other people doing things and stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't really until, uh, what was it? I guess when we started our radio show uh, for Brock University in 97, that I was kind of like the confidence kind of kicked in a little more and. I was like, interesting. Like, you know, somebody filmed us. It sounds like we kind of know what we're doing and it sounds like, well, you know, we, we know what we're talking about and all this kind of stuff. So uh, uh, it was a few years later, really, um, after the radio show fizzled in 2001, Chronic Aggression, um, we kept going with trying to just keep spreading the word on just, you know, our local scene. So mm -hmm. while during Bedlam Society, um, we, you know, still had some video cameras and stuff. So we started making our own, uh, um, like review videos and stuff like that. Cool. So between metal Dan and I, uh, you know, talking about, you know, upcoming, you know, metal bands and death metal and grindcore and all this kind of stuff, getting all these CDs for reviews and everything. So, and I was like, ah, oh, interesting. And you know, I don't seem to be doing too bad there. I can kind of handle myself and it looks like I'm know what I looks like. I know what I'm doing on camera and shit like that. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I, I think I got a handle on this. I'm not amazing on remembering lines or anything, but I'm good at winging it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we ended up doing, I uh, ended up hooking up with some friends in the falls who were starting up some production stuff too, in like the mid 2000s and everything. And they had some cameras and, you know, we're shooting more little indie little things and shorts and all this other stuff and all that. It was getting fun. It's getting fun. And, but it wasn't until, God, what was I doing? What did I do? Was, oh man, what was that? Was it just the Cullies? It was it kind of just, yeah, it was, it was, it was the Cullies commercial for that little bar down, downtown. Oh, cool. Um, that uh, myself and um, uh, Mr. Bergsma from My Son the Hurricane. Hey. Um, he's, he's, he, he's a goofball too, just like us. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we got hired on to do these little, uh, these, these little cult, these commercials for Cully's and it kind of worked out. And I was like, okay, you know, there's a couple bucks coming in. It wasn't too bad. Right. But it was, it was just fun. I, again, hanging out with cool people and, you know, around like-minded people. And then, uh, you know, I just kind of started putting myself out a little bit more as like, Hey, you know, I did this little thing here and, you know, we've done some indie stuff here and there and whatever. And I'm, I'm not pushing it, but you know, if it happens, it happens. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. And then, so we just started doing some acting and everything with like, uh, hooking up with, uh, my buddy Phil there from rabbit dog films and us doing our little short movies and everything. And I don't know, man, it's just, it's just fun to do that kind of stuff in the background. Cause I mean, you know, kind of been a ham my whole life and, <laughs> you know i like I, I, I like making people laugh and i like having a good time and just smiles all around so 
I don't know. People just kept asking me, Hey man, you want to be in the short? Hey man, you want to be in the video? Hey man, you want to be in this and that? And I'm like, ah, sure, dude. I mean, it's just us hanging out. Like we're, you know, we're going to have a little party and smoke a couple joints anyways. So might as well just do this and actually film something. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. No, totally, man. And it just, and it just, I wouldn't say it's steamrolled, but you know, we're just, I'm trying to do a couple extra things on, and we did. I did that Penn Financial commercial, which that's right. I mean, everybody, everybody's kind of seeing that on YouTube and at the <laughs> uh, the Meridian and Meridian, Meridian Center. Yeah, the Meridian Center. They play that uh, in between some of the Ice Dogs games and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's kind of funny, but uh, it's not. It's not something that I'm pursuing 100% on myself, just because. I mean, you know, we are like trying to be a fully operational production company and shoot all this other stuff too. So I can't just always act all the time either but right right um, yeah it, it, it just kind of gets thrown into the mix too just because it's fun it's just a blast <laughs> that's great uh so lastly before we get into some anecdotes with each other if all you right. and i were to create a live action sitcom about a family death metal band what role would you want to play and what would we call it whoa so role <laughs> role as in like are you the dad are you the angry dad oh <laughs> oh okay 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 so, so so we're the characters eh? yeah oh yeah um i think i'd be the i think i'd be the like the will smith character i guess i i guess i would be the dad because i'm almost 50 <laughs> so <laughs> i told you i told to be like the al bundy dad or yeah. whatever like that just sitting on the couch and just yelling at everybody going ah, you don't know what real death metal is until you've lived in the 90s <laughs> oh i love it that's perfect <laughs> what, what would we call it uh the the, uh, the the death prince of tampa or something like that <laughs> <laughs> and Tampa too, being the death one of the death metal capitals too. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the death prince of Tampa, something like that. Eh? It's a cannibal oh, house, <laughs> <laughs> something like meet that. The cannibals, or yeah. Something. Meet the cannibals. I like that. <laughs> yeah, because since I'm the dad, I'm the one in charge, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and oh, meat, meat would be spelled like M E A T. Oh, yes, totally. Good one. I like it. All right, done. Done. Awesome. Jason, mother is talking to you. Jason, mother is talking to you.
All right, let's get into some anecdotes. Tell me some stories from uh, being a band or, uh, you know, tell me some of the wild stories you have from from playing in stuff or even just being around bands. Um, I was always personally, I've always been the guy in the background. Um, I was never a huge partier growing up. I mean, started smoking some weed and maybe I was 17 or 18. I didn't start drinking until I was like 21, 22. Um, I was always... I just, I just didn't like the taste of alcohol or whatever. And personally, I, I've just, I was just high on life anyways, man, just having a good time, just the skateboarding every day and jamming and stuff like that. Right. So I wasn't always the big partier. So I was always the guy that was trying to keep everybody else at bay. Mm-hmm. So I was the DD, I guess, every time, all the time. <laughs> and um, so I guess during the, during that, uh, the, the first show that I put on there at Uncle Sam's with all those death metal bands with our band, um, I was nervous as fuck because I was like 17 and um, booking these other bands, this band Demonacy from New Jersey. They've been around for a few years. They're, you know, they're in their late 20s, early 30s. They're, you know, they're older dudes. All these bands are older dudes usually. So I'm, I'm, I'm this young little kid and I'm trying to get into the scene and trying to help out and book and, and play in bands and shit. So um, my drummer, um, my old drummer, he was a, he was a huge pothead and same with, same with the bass player, right? They were, they were the potheads in, in, in the band <laughs> at the time. Right. So every time we would jam and they would, you know, go outside, blast the fucking fatty. And then they come back in and, you know, some of our jams were just ridiculous because they were baked out of their tree. Right. <laughs> I'm like, fuck man. Like we're trying to, we're trying to make some riffs and we're trying to, you know, we got a show coming up. We got to be serious. <laughs> we got to, you know, make sure we got to, you know, make an impression on these, these, these older dudes and, you know, show that we, you know, mangled as a band to be a force force to reckon with. <laughs> so I was always that guy in the background kind of, I wouldn't say yelling, but just kind of like, come on guys like come on man like you know this is our band like let's let's take this serious right or something but these but my buddies were like they were a couple years younger even at the time too they were like 15 16 i was like 17 18 so uh so yeah so um so for the show coming up or whatever right i'm you know i'm organizing i'm trying to you know come up with a couple bucks to make sure that it's in the background if i can't nobody's coming to the show that i have some money to pay you know 150 american to the guys in new jersey and at least pay the guys in buffalo gas and you know the guys from oshawa gas and that kind of stuff so i'm stressing balls in the background and uh so we were the first band up and i literally i um before we went on stage um the bass player and the drummer uh, I see them going to the go going to the back door to go outside in the back parking lot or whatever. I fucking ran out as fast as I could to those guys. I was like, guys, no fucking way are you getting high right now? There are people out there that are watching us and waiting for us to start this show. And I don't need you guys fucking acting like a bunch of stone goofballs right now like i'm taking this serious man like this is our life now right i'm going crazy <laughs> and it turned out i mean they they, they did end up going out uh, they ended up going out and getting stoned anyways and and i was like okay like you know i'm not your fucking parents but just letting you know if you fuck up like you know we're gonna talk about this afterwards <laughs> and 
it actually turned out that it was the best fucking jam that I think we've ever had in our life during this That's show. That's great. Like, it was insane, man. The drummer was pulling shit off that I was like, "What the fuck is that? That was awesome, man." I actually, I actually still have a, I still have it on video. I got a VHS. Oh, yeah? a, a buddy of mine ended up we brought it by the VHS camcorder, and I just told him to press record in the background, and we actually recorded the show. And uh, I was fucking blown away with some of the shit these guys were pulling off. I was like, "Wow, man. Okay, maybe dope is." that bad (laughs) right so so there was there was that um but uh but like i said man i was always that guy in the background just trying to keep everything at peace and making sure everybody was you know not too high and not tripping too much and and not drinking too much and if you're puking i'm you know i'm there to help and all that kind of shit so um I was, I guess, I guess you could say I was never the guy that was participating in a lot of those back, back lot parties. Right. Just cause, right. I mean, fuck, it wasn't really my scene. So all these, you know, all these dudes, you know, partying and drinking and stuff. It's, you know, it's one thing to, it's one thing to have a buzz, but if you're the straight and sober one hanging around buzzed people, it doesn't always click. No. Right. So, um, so I just kind of stood back and watched everything happen in the background and kind of do the Homer Simpson and duck into the bush kind of <laughs> thing. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know where this is going. So I'm just going to take off right now. I'm, 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 I'm good guys. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, like I said, man, I wasn't really like the, the, the crazy adventurous dude. I was, I was just always the one that just wanted to do so much shit. Like I was just busy, like just in high school, man. Like I said, man, we started a fanzine. So doing reviews and then, you know, typing it out on a typewriter and then Xerox copying uh, our issues. And then we were in a band. So uh, my buddy lived uh, just up the street. So we jammed a few times a week. And then I'm putting together flyers for the band to put to spread around in the underground when while I'm doing my fanzine and and just going to shows all the time too. So I was like constantly just fucking busy. Like I, the partying side didn't really, I didn't care because why, why do I want to party and do all that other stuff when I could be busy and doing something super constructive? Yeah. Makes sense. So I, that was me the whole time, man. I didn't, I didn't make a lot of money back in the day. Cause I mean, fuck, not everybody's, you know, makes money doing a lot of this shit anyways. No, <laughs> but, uh, but I'd have a job, you know, I'd get some stupid job at Denny's or something like that. Right. But I would fucking quit. I, 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 I couldn't, I wouldn't last at many of these jobs because I'd sit there and just daydream so fucking much about this, you know, the cool shit that I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a radio show. We want to make a fanzine. I'm starting to write for some magazines. So we're getting bigger shows. We're starting to interview bigger bands. Like I ended up interviewing, um, uh, we ended up interviewing uh, Iron Maiden on a, it was wow. an Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Motorhead and Dio tour. So we ended up getting uh, backstage at the amphitheater and we interviewed Iron Maiden. Uh, I interviewed Bad Religion in like 94, I think it was. Um, so it was just like, it was, that was the fuel that kept me going. Cause all of a sudden I'm hanging out with my idols yeah this is like this is insanity this is insane (laughs) so it it's like that it's like always going after uh it's the thrill of the chase right yeah so so now it's like holy shit like i just fucking interviewed bad religion well who else can we interview okay well next up coming up you know do you want to go interview no use for a name holy shit yes do you want to go interview no effects 
holy shit, yes. Do you want to go interview Pennywise? Do you want to go interview the Deftones? Do you want to go fucking talk? To I was like, holy fuck, man. Like, this is, that was, it was blowing my mind, man. And yeah. then Warp Tour, Warp Tour just came out at that time, too. So all those bands were starting to blow up, too, at that time. So I ended up getting backstage passes to all these Warp Tours and, you know, hanging out with, I'm not going to say Sugar Ray is a fucking the best band in the world, but, <laughs> you know, Mark, Mark at the time was just coming up and he was just a little guy, too, at the time. And it was, yeah. it was fucking cool as shit, man. So, it was just like I, I still party that, but I didn't party until after all my work was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, nowadays, now that I'm older, I, I can kind of mix the two and I think I'm pretty good at it now too. But, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, back then, I mean, antidote wise, it was just, I was always the thrill of the chase, man, of, of being able to interview the bands that I'm growing up with and, and I'm loving and I'm just, you know, I'm so absorbed in the, in the culture of skateboarding and metal and punk and all this kind of stuff. And I'm actually starting to hang out with these people and talk to them. Like, this is insanity, man. This, this, this is the dream come true. So <laughs> pretty much I'd, so it, that's it's, and it's still the same fuel as even, even today. And it's fucked up because I like, I talk with my buddies too, or roughly the same age and, and I'm just, it still blows my mind that it's like, wow, I can call up a few of these bands and people that I grew up with and I'm fucking calling them and just hanging out with them. Like we're friends and shit now. Like, and, mm-hmm. like, holy fuck. Like I listened to you when I was like fucking 15. I remember buying <laughs> your tape at sunrise records or Sam, the records man or something like that. And then all of a sudden I'm like interviewing you now. And now you have my cell phone number and it's like <laughs> wow so it like still even to this day it, it it's not that it, it's not that i'm still chasing you know the uh idols that i want to hang out with and stuff it's just and now it's just getting to uh, new levels now because we're taking a lot of this shit super serious because it's now it's turning into our business mm-hmm. it's turning into our jobs this is our career now of working with you know, all these bands and these movie guys and these productions and, you know, these magazines and shit like that. And it's like, holy fuck, man, <laughs> this is <laughs> unbelievable. And every day I wake up, I'm excited to check my emails, check my messages, check everything else, Facebook, all this stuff, and see who's just talking and hanging out and who we can, you know, work, do business with. And what can we do here? And what can we do with this? And oh, you, oh I see you guys do music videos just so happens we're going to be releasing an album on nuclear blast pretty soon. And you know, there's talks of doing a music video. So just thought we put the bug in your ear and it's just like, Oh my God, are you serious? Like this is what? Holy crap. So crazy. Yeah, man. So anecdote wise, like I said, man, I don't have huge, crazy, you know, party, naked girls, strippers, stories, (laughs) Coke coke everywhere, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) I was always the guy, you know, like I was just intimidated, man. I, and I just never really wanted to be a huge part of the party scene just because that would take me away from either jamming or, or, you know, doing constructive things. Right. So I was, yeah. I, so I just went hard my whole life, man, all on everything, anything that had to do with bands, movies, conventions, all that stuff, man, just constantly just go, go, go. And it, and, and still going to this day, like I just constantly doing a million things to try to, to try to bring in income so that I don't have to work for anybody anymore. Like it's fucking killing me, man. As you get older, <laughs> I don't want to go and punch into work. I don't want to have to talk to these people because they're just not in that circle of shit. That's going to get me ahead in life. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So you hang out with like-minded individuals, you hang you, and you do more of that and you just go harder and harder and harder. I lose sleep all the time, man. Still to this day, <laughs> like I'm fucking constantly just you know, 24 hours up we're filming and then we're going here and then we're coming back here. And then like, like, look, look at today. I'm fucking just getting back from Grand Bend and now I'm doing an interview with you. And yeah. All this <laughs> like, like it's, but it's, it's not a job. Like I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm exhausted, but it's, but it's not, it's not exhausting really at, in, in, at the same time because I'm fucking talking about killer music and hanging out with a good friend. Like it's That's this right. is the best time ever, man. I love it. It's fucking <laughs> the best. That's great. Uh, what, what's your go-to gas station snack? Oh, Jesus. Gas station snacks. There's another one, too, where um, I, growing up, I was big on, I was big on Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is my go-to pop, but I don't drink a lot of pop anymore. But when mm-hmm. I get the craving, go to got to go to Dr. Pepper. Nice. So um, used to be, you know, big into chips and stuff like that as kids growing up. And then obviously, uh, well, I mean, for my age, we had penny candies. I, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember penny, penny candies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you just, you walk up to, you know, a convenience store and there's a whole front in the cashier. There's a whole, you know, all these, those, those, the little candy boxes mm-hmm. and you just, you know, one cent, two cent, three cents. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got a big bag of, uh, Swedish raspberries and, and Coke bottles and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I was huge into a lot of that, but over the last 10 I'd say the last 15 years, I've tried to cut a lot of snacks and just junk out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like I said, man, as I'm getting older, I'm finding foods and candies and sweets and, and stuff are starting to affect me in the shittiest ways possible. Oh, no. And I fucking hate it, man. I can't. I've last, Over the last four years, uh, black pepper, just black pepper. Really? Fucking starting to ruin me on the inside for some reason. <laughs> That's so, so good. Yeah, it's it's killing, dude. I love Frank's hot sauce. I put yeah. Frank's on every fucking thing that I ever could ever. <laughs> and like I said, in the last two or three years, man, all of a sudden I'm like, wow. I wake up the next day and I am itchy, itchy <laughs> everywhere. So oh, no. spices, candies, sugars, sugars are affecting my asthma. Like That's it's just good. fucked up. I'm fucked up right now. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 my meals lately. Um, and I'm trying to stay in good shape because, man, you get older and you stop fucking you stop working out. You stop riding your bike, skateboarding, doing sports. You get old really fast. Right. And it hurts and you can't wake up and all of a sudden your knees are sore all the time and <laughs> you're not stretching and you're not doing all this other shit. So I've gotten my meals down to like just plain spinach salads and just plain eggs and plain <laughs> chicken and just white rice and then that kind of thing but going back to the gas station if i'm going if I'm, if I'm going for a gas station snacks it's um beef jerky good call <laughs> good call oh, can't go wrong so with, good can't go so wrong beef jerky <laughs> you can't man honestly like the teriyaki <laughs> flavor they got now yeah. and stuff some of those holy crap <laughs> so good and then a lot you, you got to get a slurpee on the side i love fucking slurpees yeah slurpees are great can't go wrong oh. and, I, and, and like not, not like the slush puppies nothing like that no it's got to be slurpy nope. yeah and then um what's the is it circle k has the has has their not frosties where they, they got something yeah something frosters like yeah or something oh they're terrible man yeah, they're no it's good not, no they're not fair 
So it's Slurpee, <laughs> Slurpees in and out, and fucking nice pack of uh, uh, fuck beef jerky. There you go, right on. <laughs> What's the best gig you've ever played with any of the bands that you used to play with? One that sticks out the most, at least. Um, the second Scene Fest. We played 95 Scene Fest, round 13. Um, was at Gord's. Um, so Gord's reopened again, and obviously it's closed now beside the uh, public library there. Downtown. The library, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was Scene 95. There was three venues at the time, because Cash, who was the singer for Revenge of the Egg People, he was the one and Steve Stumble of uh, the Lucky Ones and Stumble Records. Mm-hmm. They started Scene Fest in 90, 95? Nin- 95 was the first one. So it was Gord's Frat House and Mansion, Mansion House. And so it was those three places. And so the next year came along again. We were in round 13. So it was like, fuck, man, I get to play a scene fest. This is killer, right? So it was, again, it was Gord's frat house, which is now burned down because that whole, the whole Welland house is, they, 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 that went up in flames there a few months ago. That's right. Uh, in the summer. So it was in there, frat house. And uh, yeah, we played Gord's. I think we were, we were th- like, third before last or something like that. So it was like the end of the night. A lot of the other bars were starting to, uh, fizzle out uh, by the end of the night and Gord's was like the main of main bar for the scene fest at that time so we went up on stage man and Gord's was fucking full front to back man I was that's great believe it I went I got I was playing bass at the time too with round 13 and I got up on stage and I just I literally just fucking sat there and I smiled <laughs> and I just looked around and looking at everybody and having a good time and everyone cheering and fucking yelling, you know, the, your name and, and, and like, holy crap, man. I still to this day, I haven't, I haven't played too many shows. A lot of them were really just like little fucking underground divey shows, but my God, man, the fuel you get from something so jammed and people losing their mind over a fucking band that barely anybody has heard about. Just it's, it's life changing. I yeah. fucking couldn't believe it. And that, again, there's another thing too. You're, you're always chasing that, chasing that dream, chasing that, uh, that fuel that keeps you going. And literally, man, like that probably set the bar after that of like, wow this is fucking the funnest time i think i've ever had in my life that's awesome so what was that yeah 1995 that was like probably probably my favorite show that i've ever played super cool and that was that what was it called frat house gourds that was that yeah that 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 one's the original gourds yeah Mm -hmm. yeah fucking blow so fun (laughs) man and then i guess i mean we played a couple other shows with um with some other really rad bands uh actually we played um I had a soundtrack. Uh, we had a, a, a like a soundtrack, proggy psychedelic horror soundtrack band uh, called "It Lives Within" in like the mid two thousands, and we ended up playing the Cathedral. Uh, I fucking Bluer and Bluer and something. It's closed down now, unfortunately. But uh, we played a show with this band Zombie, who are on Relapse Records, and they're like a soundtrack proggy kind of band um keyboards bass and drums and uh, we ended up playing a show for them so to be able to go on stage and play 
weird fucking psychedelic horror soundtrack shit. Oh my god, man, we got so fucking high before that. Show. <laughs> Holy shit, man! And during that time too, I was doing a lot of mushrooms. I was okay. going through this wicked mushroom phase at the time, so I was <laughs> listening to just tons of like kraut rock and prog rock and psychedelic and all this shit, right? So we literally smoked fucking like so many joints before the show because I mean half of our half of our music was improv, anyways. Right. So, so we, 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 we'd have our kicks in our beats and, you know, and some of our familiar riffs that we would look at each other and be like, okay, now let's go into that riff for a little bit. And then all of a sudden we just start drifting off fucking five minutes and, you know, doing whatever. Right. But yeah, man, that show was so fucking fun. But unfortunately there was maybe 13 people there, 14 people. Oh, there. Damn. <laughs> this? But yeah, man, it was, that was a hoot too. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really played any big shows. Because a lot of my bands, too, unfortunately, like we get the band going and then somebody in the band or just like it just fizzle out. So it would just never stick around long enough to actually keep going, start playing a lot more shows out of town and everything like that. Right. So always starting from scratch, always started from scratch, man. So, yeah, that was about it. (laughs) Uh, If you were at the level of Metallica, the rock star like level up there, what would be the dream writer? What would be waiting for you in the green room? Um, interesting. Um, shawarma. Nice. I Good gotta call. have a fucking giant plate of shawarmas. Chicken or uh, beef? Both, but I like you, chicken more. Yeah, you gotta have the mix though. It's good though. Oh my god. Oh, I don't know what it is about shawarmas, but <laughs> god damn, man, those They're are the amazing best flavors I've ever had ever in my life. So I get. <laughs> Giant plate of shawarmas, obviously for everybody, but got to have shawarmas. Um, I've been liking a lot of, uh, been drinking a lot. I mean, not not a lot, but I like Jack Daniels a lot lately. So fucking got to have a nice twenty six or a Jack. Nice. Um, I got to have a nice a nice hybrid of fucking doobies. So I got to have that. Um, you know, and you know what, man, I don't ask for much. So just that alone would probably <laughs> just be perfect that's it all that's all I you need, need. all um, i need man i don't I'm, I'm i've always tried to be humble my whole life and just you know whatever i get is is the best don't care <laughs> what it is but whatever i have whatever i get is going to be the best i don't need a fucking a million dollar house i don't need all this shit or whatever like that so as long as i have a couple good flavors that i really like like a good shawarma Get a nice little fucking couple shots of Jack. I can smoke a nice fatty. My God, man. You're set. That's, the, that's the fucking best time ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I got to, I, 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 again, got to have a VCR and a TV and some VHS. Fucking got to watch some movies in the background. Cool. I love that. That's a great answer. Got to have that because you got to chill, right? Too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there any specific movies? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> there's a question that can go on for a while oh god um if i'm on tour if i'm doing that thing on tour it would have to be it'd have to be random because i mean mm-hmm. if i'm gonna watch my favorite movies i have to pay attention right right like i love uh lucio fulci's zombie uh, the Gates of Hell. Uh, I love the original Dawn of the Dead. I can watch that movie fucking 20 times a year. <laughs> fucking love that movie. Um, 
So like, there's all these, these staples that I have that literally, if it's on, I can't do anything else. I have to pay attention to it. So, <laughs> so if I'm going to have a VCR on the road, I'd have to put in like a lot of good shitty, bad action movies. Good call. I, I love a fucking, you know, we all love a good Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson and Steven Seagal and all that kind of stuff. Um, but go even more B in the background too. So that is, that's some of the best times ever, man. That's, and, and you got to have some eighties TNA comedies, some good old sex comedies from the eighties. Nice. Oh my <laughs> God. That's the fucking best time in the world. If you ever get a chance, man, watch a movie called joysticks. Joysticks. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> it's, it's you look back and watch these movies and honestly, blown away at the context that some of these movies even like they even had in the like how did you get away with some of this shit? It's, it's unbelievable man i can't believe you're saying this and i can't believe you're like you're doing that and you're and you're getting away with this and you know the teachers banging the students and all this kind of other shit. it's like what the fuck man and we grew up with this shit it's crazy yeah because we we get together and we have good movie nights and stuff and it's like all right tonight we're gonna watch hot t-shirts <laughs> and then we put that on. It's like, holy shit, man. And they were renting this in the video store. And kids, <laughs> kids were renting this shit. Like, it's crazy, man. It's like some, like almost soft core at times, too. It's like, right. wow. <laughs> oh, it's the best. <laughs> Sex comedies. Oh, God, man. It's such a, it's a huge genre, man. There was this one guy. He ended up putting out this book. Um, it was all, it's called Heavy Metal Movies. And it was literally probably like a 400-page book of movies that had some sort of affiliation with heavy metal or hard rock bands in their movies. Oh, cool. And it's a huge book. And then he ended up putting another book out, um, the A to Z filmography of sex comedies. Nice. On believable man like just you know me and my buddies we're film buffs we've seen a lot of shit but man you get a book like that and it's like wow i know nothing compared really? to this book like it's insane man it's just so much shit so much shit <laughs> but yeah man that stuff's funny to have in the background because you don't really need to hear dialogue because it's usually just hey man let's make a pact that we're gonna get laid by the end of the summer yeah <laughs> And it's usually the same con. It's usually the same storyboard storyline for all these movies. So you just put it in the background and you just watch fun late seventies, eighties comedies, man. It's fucking a blast. It's so that's, fun. That's great. That's great. I'll have to, I'll have to check out joysticks. <laughs> yes, please. I think it's, I don't know if it's on Tubi. It might be. Oh, on yeah. Tubi. Yeah. And Tubi, man, it's if free. Nobody's familiar with Tubi. It's a free app and free streaming. It's not illegal or anything. So you're actually, paying into uh, the producers and filmmakers uh, wallets, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, man, that is filled with some of the craziest B movies. Mm -hmm. It's fucking awesome, man. Tubi rules. <laughs> <laughs> now I got one last question for you, but it's a pretty big one. Um, okay. What are some of your top five favorite artists of all time? Artists as bands? Yeah. Okay. Um, see, it's pretty tough. Cause you know, growing up, as soon as I realized that I can wear headphones and listen to music on my own, I literally sat in front of a radio and just fucking listened to music all the time, <laughs> all the time. Cause, um, uh, growing up, my parents moved a lot, always changing, you know, neighborhoods, changing schools, 
fucking just all over the place. Right. So kind of looking back, <clears throat> I see how I dealt with myself and moving a lot. So, you know, you, you're by yourself, new school, new neighborhood, new this and that. Right. So you're on your own a lot. So that's why I became a big movie guy because movies were always there for me and music was always there for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I listened to a lot of radio and then growing up back in the day, you know, I liked, uh, I liked Ozzy Osbourne. I liked little Judas Priest, little Iron Maiden back in the you know late seventies, early eighties and stuff. But also I listened to a lot of AM radio, which was a lot of soft rock, which is what they call now yacht rock. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I listened to a lot of that shit. So it'd be like Ambrosia and Bread and Little River Band <laughs> and then Michael McDonald with the Doobie Brothers and all that kind of stuff, right? So there's that aspect of it all. And then there was, I guess, my grandpa, he's from, originally from Huntsville and he was a hunter, you know, old school up north kind of guy. He was a huge Stomp and Tom Connors fan. Nice. So... Being a kid, listening to it, you know, it's interesting because it's kind of memorable and his lyrics are funny and it's kind of goofy and stuff like that. But I just didn't take it seriously. And it wasn't up until maybe about 20 years ago where, you know, Bud the Spud came on and I was like, wow, this <laughs> fucking tune is actually amazing. Holy shit. And then I started buying up Stomp and Tom and I was like, oh, my God, Stomp and Tom is one of the greatest guys in the world. So, <laughs> so I'm going to say Stomp and Tom Connors. It's got to be one of them. Um, I really liked Sticks growing up. There was something about the band Sticks. I mean, beyond Mr. Roboto, which is you know everybody knows that song. Mm -hmm. But when you got into the discography, man, there's some weird songs and some cool prog rock and all that kind of stuff. So Sticks is a little bit in there, but Ozzy Osbourne, I would say, is when I started actually buying tapes was speak of the devil ozzy osbourne that was the, the first live album first album that came out after uh randy rhodes just died right so that came out and i was obsessed with fucking ozzy osbourne like if i can be if i can look you know this mean and scary and have satanic things on my rock t-shirts and my hats and all this stuff and people are going to get pissed off I like what this is doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it became a huge Aussie guy and then turned into hip hop and breakdance. Oh, cool. Breakdance, breakdancing started coming up like crazy at, in the early eighties. Uh, obviously with Grandmaster Flash and the message that was, you know, that started Sugar Hill Gang. That mm -hmm. kind of started blowing that whole urban up. Right. So it was like, wow. And my dad was a big funk guy. So he always had records in the background. Curtis Mayfield, Average White Band, all this stuff. Right. So loved hip hop, loved breakdance. Like I just fucking went full on, man. I ended up buying a giant uh, linoleum floor for the corner of the room. So me and my cousin, we could break dance every time we got together. Oh, so cool. Like that. So man, I was a fucking huge breaker, huge breaker, but obviously <laughs> still loving the rock and stuff in the background. Right. Yeah. You know, got to listen to everything. <laughs> and then, um, and then after, after I kind of stopped fizzled out of a uh, BMX racing. I jumped into skateboarding and then boom, it was like, Oh shit. Like who's dinosaur junior. Who's black flag. Who's minor thread. Who's <laughs> like, what the fuck is this shit? This is going this is nuts. So I would say either between minor threat and black flag were one of the staples growing mm -hmm. up in my, in my, in my teens. 
Um, and then probably what really blew me onto the super heavy and extreme, you know, everyone says Slayer or Metallica or something like that, which, I mean, obviously, uh, I had a few friends who were freakers and, you know, they had all that shit. And, but it wasn't until I heard fucking Napalm Death on a, on this record, uh, a buddy of my bass, my old bass player had, uh, he bought at Pop Tones as a compilation from, uh, UK hardcore bands, mm-hmm. North Atlantic noise attack. So it had like Napalm, Extreme Noise Terror, uh, Heresy, Jail Cell Recipes, Concrete Socks, all these crazy hardcore bands that pretty much solidified what grindcore is today. Right. And he puts on the, he puts on the seat. It was a C, Yeah. He had the CD at the time. So he puts on the CD, he calls me over. He actually calls me up from the house. Him and his buddy were there and he's like, dude, you got to come over. It's the weirdest fucking music we've ever heard in our life. We don't understand what they're <laughs> saying. They're fucking doing some sort of growling and they're, 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 we don't know what it is. Get the hell over here. I'm like, whatever. Like what's heavier than Slayer? Come on. Right. <laughs> so we go over there and uh, he puts this on. Right. I'm, and I'm fucking like this. There's three songs because early Napalm Death. I mean, all their songs were pretty much either 30 seconds to a minute and a half long. Mm-hmm. So we put on these three songs and I literally just fucking I sit there. I'm quiet and they're still playing. They're playing the rest of the compilation, but I'm quiet. I'm fucking trying to take in what I just heard. And I'm like, <laughs> the fuck was that? That is, the, that is so weird. Like, it, I can't barely understand what the guitars are doing. And are the drums really going that fast? And what the fuck is going on? So I was like, put that on again. Put that on again, right? I'm listening to it. And we're all laughing. We're like, wow. Like, is he just, like, what is he doing? And then. So we all, we, we get it out of our system or whatever like that. And then I go back home and I'm laying there and I'm literally obsessed with this sound. I'm like, what was that? I can't process it. I don't even <laughs> think I slept that night. It was so weirded out. I was like, wow. So then I borrowed the CD and literally it was like, holy shit. So I would have to say Napalm Death, the early Napalm years, fucking just solidified everything extreme about everything for me so yeah i guess would that be yeah, i guess that's pretty close to five bands ish yeah i would say so yeah <laughs> i kind of went over every genre ever. <laughs> yeah no napalm death is uh they're such a good band oh man yeah and i mean if, if we ended up seeing them i think it was 90 93 it was the campaign for musical destruction so it was Carcass just came out with uh, Necroticism. Napalm just came out with uh, Utopia Banished, and they just got rid of their drummer, Mick Harris, and brought in Danny Herrera, their new drummer. Uh, It was Brutal Truth. They just came just before their album came out, Extreme Conditions, and Cathedral just came out with um, Forest of Equilibrium. So, So Lee Dorian, who was in Napalm, to what was the fastest band at that time, makes cathedral and turns it into the slowest band of that time. <laughs> so it was, it was so weird to see, man. I wasn't a huge doom guy. Cause as soon as I heard blast beats, I was like, I need every, I need blast beats and every fucking thing I hear, yeah. everything I hear, but go to the show and uh, you know, you're just sitting there just listening to, to, to like cathedral's first album live. And you're just like, wow, it's, it's, it, it, it would almost be the, the equivalent of like sleep. Right. 
right? So, you know, Matt Pike just fucking droning for 20 minutes on his on his guitar with the bass and the drums just boom. boom. Yeah. Boom <laughs> in the background, right? Just an oral assault, just killing you. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, that fucking that show was just like insane. So that was the first time we seen Napalm, and then I think I've seen Napalm probably twenty times since then. Just oh, cool. all these little venues everywhere, and and then again, friends, fucking yeah, come over to Buffalo and come over to the Toronto. Let's go hang out with Barney and let's go hang out with Mick. And it's like, what? There's no way I'm hanging out with the guys in Napalm. Let's come on, let this. <laughs> wow. Okay, I guess I am. <laughs> this is cool. That's crazy. Did you yeah. I, I, did you have the opportunity to, to hit them up for the, for the growl at all? Um, unfortunately, no, because um, so Nap- obviously Napalm they're more of a grindcore band, right? Like they mm-hmm. had, they did have an era where they were they were doing some death metal when they were doing the Scott Burns Morris Sound era, which was the the late late eighties, early nineties, they had, they, they had a little death metal sound for a bit, but, um, uh, buddy, Doug Brown, Doug, who did the, um, uh, slave to the grind, uh, grindcore documentary. He lives in mm-hmm. Toronto. So that one came out a couple years ago. Uh, he pretty much sat down with Barney. So it was kind of like, I can't, I can't do that. Fair enough. So he's got that for his documentary. So we'll take care of like, say like, we'll take care of cannibal. You take care of napalm. Cool kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> no, great. Totally, but I mean, as much as I'd, I, I would love to, you know, bring them on board because uh, those early earache records bands, which was Morbid Angel, Terrorizer, Dismember, uh, Entombed, Napalm Death, Bolt Thrower, all that kind of stuff, right? Like Napalm is like one of everybody's gateway bands. Pretty much was the band. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's unbelievable. But yeah, <laughs> no, not unfortunately, they're not going to be in the documentary. But hints, hints, obviously. (laughs) Well, Cam, uh, I think we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Uh, All right. Where can the listeners find all the social medias? And if there's anything else that you have to plug or give a shout out to, now would be your time. Okay. We got another half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess you can check us out uh, the growl death metal documentary. Uh, that's kind of the handle that's going around on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and our website, growlmovie.com. So you can check out there um, for the horror movie stuff. Uh, go to rabid dog films. So R a B I D O G. So there's no, not two D's, just one D. It's one word, rabid dog films. Um, you can check out the horror stuff and our, our shorts and everything. And we put a movie out uh, two years ago through Full Moon Entertainment, which is Charles Band, the man behind the company who did uh, iconic movies like Reanimator, Ghoulies, uh, Puppet Master, Demonic Toys. Um, the list goes on and on and on, <laughs> but we ended up making a movie for that company two years ago called Necropolis Legion. And that's actually on Tubi also. Uh, but if you want to order copies, you can get a hold of me. I've got some copies down here in the basement or uh, go online to fullmoondirect.com, order copies through there. Um, what else is there? Yeah, Rabbit Dog Films. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook and yeah also uh doing t-shirts for all kinds of bands and stuff like that too so um 
We can go to twistedteasmerch.com and check out a long list of bands that we've been working with uh, selling their merch. Uh, we can go on there, check all kinds of cool shit out there. Um, I think before getting into too much, I think that's the gist of it. <laughs> right on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll stop it at that. <laughs> cool. All right, Cam. We'll take it easy. Right on, man. Thank you so much, dude. And like I said, man, I love fucking talking and hanging out, especially you two, man. I mean, we've, we've known each other for a little bit now. And yeah, yeah, we seem to gel pretty well together. So <laughs> we have some good conversations and, 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 and it's all good. How are you doing, actually? I've been doing well, uh, you know, keeping busy with the podcast. So it's, uh, right. it's been doing, uh, you know, keeping me busy. And then, yeah, we got Sinners got uh, been jamming a bit lately. And yeah, I mean, I'm spinning as many plates as I can. Right. Obviously, before you burn out. But <laughs> yeah. um, but but you're doing it because you love it. Exactly. Right. And it, and, and it's hard it, and, and it's hard to stop. Like literally. It- there's been times where I'm like, fuck, should I be doing this? Should I grow up? Should I fucking, you know, straighten my shit out and, you know, get a real job and all this kind of stuff. And dude, like 20, like not even 20 fucking five seconds later, I'm like, what the fuck am I thinking, man? <laughs> this is my lifestyle. This is what I love. This is the shit that I absorb and surround myself with all the time, man. Like I can't stop doing it. Even though I'm not getting paid, I can't stop doing this shit, man. Yeah. Like, it's just so fucking fun. <laughs> I just so, love it. I do it for the love of the music. Yeah, literally, man. And, you know, you've been in a bunch of different bands, too. So, you know, your genres are kind of jumping all over the place. And mm-hmm. you want to try this. So I put your hand in that, put your hand in that. And, and like, it's just it's so fun because it literally it's it just brings the best like minded people and friends. And like, what what else can you ask for? Exactly. What can you ask for? Man, like it's seriously, like like even if you're not in a band or you're not involved with shit or whatever like that, but you go to shows, you stand there and you know, you're watching your favorite band or just, you know, some unknown Indian stuff, and then all of a sudden, like just that there's a riff that just all of a sudden hits you, and then you just look to your right, and there's somebody else you don't know vibing, and you both just look at each other and go, Holy shit. That fucking rules, man. Yeah. How you how you doing? My name's Cam. Let's be <laughs> friends now. We're best friends now because we both just fucking had that moment together, man. And it's it's just something that, you know, like like there's just certain people that, you know, that have that passion that can just look at each other and go, God damn, man, you're like my best friend now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's so fun, man. I love it. I love it. But yeah, awesome that uh, you got all your shit going too, man. So uh, when is Sinner coming out with anything? Sinner, Sinner's been uh, got nothing. We're, like, we're writing right now. So we, we, we don't haven't been in the studio yet, but we plan on doing something like maybe next year for, for a new release or something. Sweet. Yeah. So that's what we'll be right doing. Hellbent. Hellbent is actually sitting on a full length. Oh, right on. Right and we're on. doing, and I, we, we're also doing a bunch of like a handful of like uh, Canadian covers. Oh, Canadian yeah. covers? Like, like bands of, uh, from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, here. Shit. I, yeah. Well, like Alanis Morissette, Our Lady Peace, you know, the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, let me see what, what, what we got here. Uh, Soda by Gob. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, we're going to do some SNFU, uh, Painful Reminder. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Attack in Black. Nice. The old uh, stuff or the newer stuff? Uh, Broken Things. I think it's an older track. Yeah, right on. I think we have a Tegan and Sarah actually track uh, prep. Yeah, Whoa. and uh, and uh, I we totally it's not it hasn't been recorded yet, but uh, we're gonna do uh, a version if uh, if I had a million dollars by Bare Naked Ladies. Hilarious! <laughs> but obviously, obviously, what you uh, un, under your style though. Yeah, exactly, and what we would buy with uh, one oh. million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a huge plate of shawarma and a bunch of doobies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got it, and some Jack. <laughs> so cool oh right on man that's cool man wicked wicked yeah and and and, and, you're, and you're bringing your own twist to it too right so it's like you know stuff we grew up with it's just stuff that's a part of just you know canada's heritage really and mm-hmm. uh yeah you just put your own little spin on it right that's cool right on yeah yeah so uh i don't know when that'll be coming out but uh definitely look forward to that killer killer yeah, yeah we played actually we uh, round 13 played with snfu uh in 96 i think it was oh really um, i don't know if you remember uh, the red square yeah oh yeah the uh, so, base basement of mate yeah. yes exactly so before red square was the vault and before the vault was the club and then before the club was a bunch of other shit too but uh, yeah it was the club at the time and we ended up playing with this band slip 88 and then it was us and then snfu played and then again another fucking little dream come true because um growing up in the falls at pop tones uh, one of the SNFU shirts always had that open up and say SNFU, right? It was that that main uh, kind of zombie looking dude on the on the shirt. Mm-hmm. So I always remember that shirt and and just seeing the the records in that shop. And then all of a sudden, uh, the our band members are like, "Yeah, we're playing with SNFU." I'm like, "Uh, the like the SNFU, the Canadian <laughs> punk band." Yeah. Oh my god. No shit. Fucking cool as hell, man. But yeah, great dudes and R.I.P. Chai Pig, right? Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, man, fuck. But anyways, we can go on and on for hours about more shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll end it here. Thank you very much, man. It's it, It's been a hoot, and I'm actually wide awake now. So uh, let's get this day going, I guess. <laughs> right on. Killer.
there you have it, folks. That was my conversation with the one and only Cannibal Cam. What a great way to start off October. Don't you think, Bannock folks? Got some spooky vibes in there. We started the show off with Round 13 and their song 1440 Minutes. In the middle there, I played a little bit of Coffin Rot with their song Potato Sack. And then in the end there, I played Mangled with their song Delectable Entrails. (laughs) These names are ridiculous, but that's how we like it. That's how we like it. And speaking of liking things, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and review in whatever podcast app you're listening to. Helps me know who's listening. Helps me get those numbers going. But like I said, I'd still be doing this regardless of who is and isn't listening to this podcast. Hey, if you folks aren't busy this Friday, there's a rad show going down in Hamilton at a place called The Kill Room. It's a, it's a skate park, but bands play there occasionally. Uh, you got Scabs Off, Reality Denied, Cohesion, uh, Gouge Out. Uh, I think there's another band that's playing, but since Facebook and Instagram are down right now, I can't look up the flyer right now, so I'm sorry if I've missed somebody. I'm going to get going, though. I got some burger and fries calling my name right now. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Take it easy, folks.